Shalom, shalom, friends. Thank you so much for being here. We're thrilled to have our first partnered event with HEA in Denver today. Um, so thank you all for tapping in from that new uh, partner community. And we are thrilled today to engage in some learning and interview on Embers of Pilgrimage. Very exciting new book um, with both the author and the publisher here with us today. And Dr. Eitan Fishbane is Associate Professor of Jewish Thought at the Jewish Theological Seminary in Manhattan, where he writes and teaches about Jewish mysticism from medieval Kabbalah to modern Hasidism. In addition to Embers of Pilgrimage, poems, the subject of today's event, uh, Fishbane is also the author of several other books, including The Art of Mystical Narrative, A Poetics of the Zohar, published by Oxford University Press, and as Light Before Dawn, The Inner World of a Medieval Kabbalist, published by Stanford University Press. We're also privileged to have uh, here Rev. Aubrey Glazer, who not only um, um, off, uh, is the publisher and a scholar, um, but it offers the interpretive introduction here uh, to this wonderful book of poetry. We're gonna jump a little bit back and forth between screen share because from the PDF where we have the manuscript, there's a few different poems we're going to, uh, uh, that uh, Professor Fishbane has selected that we will have the opportunity to learn from. And the format is gonna be a poem, and then I will ask an open question, um, and then a poem and a question, and then we'll get to hear from Rabbi Glazer, and then all of you can join in as well. So this is very exciting. The last thing I wanna say, it is just um, one of the great things about Professor Etan Fishbane is not only the depth of his scholarship, uh, of course, and the creativity of his poetry and, this, and the authenticity of it, but the Menschlichkeit and the kind spirit and soul that comes along with all of the work. So Professor Etan Fishbane, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rav Shmuley, and thank you, thank you for the really kind words. And as I mentioned to you before, I really, um, Ad admire your your warm, kind spirit and your menschlichkeit and all that you do in the world. So thank you for having me. Okay, well, I'm gonna jump straight to Sedona. Great. Yeah, we 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 so we we um we knew we had to we had to start we had to start with Sedona, the, po the po Sedona and Golden Rust, because of course uh we're you know we're, we are um Valley Bait Midrash is uh is uh is 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 located in in the in in the in the in the holy admat in the admat kodesh of um of arizona and and uh and also the the cover of the book as you can see here is a picture i took when i visited bell rock for those of i'm sure i'm sure there are some of you who are familiar with with that um and um and as as I'm reading the poem, maybe uh, try try to give a listen for and as as you're looking at the both whether you're whether you're a, a visual engager or a an, an auditory engager or both um, to uh, to try to get a, a sense of um, some of the intersection of the representation of the nat of the natural world the naturalism the sacred in the natural world which is a big theme of this poem um i won't give too much of a preamble we'll talk about that afterwards and and also it's 
potential spiritual mystical and it's it's spiritual mystical elements it's theological elements so try to give try to hear where where you where you um where you feel that um most powerfully dreams sedona in gold and rust dreams of the past into solitude beyond room and study words of the concord sage inscribed in me at the beginning of my way uplifted into infinite space a perfect exhilaration currents of the universal being circulate through me and the dancing mystic howling into the night far from the marketplace and the crossroads toward the nothing at the soul of all then in the day when the trees and fields are gathered up like kindling into his prayer melodies singular and symphonic notes to the score of wonder or the woodlands are reshaped into an otherworldly instrument soloist playing in slow undulating dance before his darkened audience then a quartet, then a symphony of sound, music vessels of the hand seen only in the prophet's eye, heard only in the chambers of his mind, resonating like two thick strings of a caramel and amber violin, reaching forward to the breaking open of souls piercing and crying of E, folded into A, bent in the shape of minor lament, exploding into organ fugue before it is sorrowful klezmer once again. A lifetime of sadness collapsed into three lines of score, released into visionary mind, infant born of the soothed and clarified heart, melody and solitude. The river flowing from the upland and down to the Black Sea basin into a forest of oak, maple and elm he withdraws cry of the rebbe resounding across the surface of deep time and here now in this sublime american southwest i find myself a world away into the north country i pass the desert highlands beyond the valley of the sun, mountain air of this enchanted earth where memory lasts in the millions of years 
recalling how once there was an ancient sea, volcanic rupture and the slow loving kiss of lapping waters, iron bled sandstone, vibrant rust, layers of history marked in the salt lines, red rock secret mountain wilderness, guarding the whispered prayers of all who have crossed her trails. Anasazi hohokam sinagua yavapai apache navajo, their words a jumbled mystery and yet inscribed in the stone and in the memory of the earth and plant life. The heart of her brimming vitality, gentle current of Oak Creek, life restored in the juniper wood burning in the medicine man's fire. Fragrant smoke clearing energy and air. Chaparral interior leaves powdered or tea steeped, healing the pilgrim wanderer lost. Cottonwood, sycamore, velvet ash, desert ironwood and capclaw acacia, banana yucca, speargrass, redberry juniper, Arizona walnut, four wing salt brush, shrubby buckwheat and agave. Plenitude of formation primordial, breath and speech of the land murmuring softly, exhale of a living creature, sweeping over the sunlit face of the hiker, crossing borders into wilderness sanctified, Yerba Pinion Ponderosa. Solitary Kaddish, whispered, wrapped in the pure white talus from a day long ago, and the psalm sung low and slow as meditation, the work of his hands spoken by the heavens. Memory in this place is endless. Like Ainsof, overflowing into mind, emptied of color, all potential of what will be, but still the fullness of what was in the time before time when all there was, was time. Pilgrim's journey to the cathedral on high, towering over red plateaus, meditators lying supine on the rocks, absorbing her gentle and soothing breath, brisk sun flowing into the crevices of untold pain in a thousand passers through, each an ache unique. And she, force of the cathedral, mystery of the one seed juniper, 
bathes and rinses the weight of hearts. Even if first she lifts that fiercely burning sorrow from the dark well of inward hiding, raising it to the searing presence of feeling and knowing. Only then can the climb break you open, fragile and vulnerable like the mountain bluebird to the black hawk, plunging from the sky with talons raised at 200 miles an hour. He steps out of the rain into the shops at Telakapake, loft overflowing with the intricate vision of a carpet weaver, this one nearly all silk, smooth and cool to the touch. And in the inner eye, the wood carvings and small hand-painted boxes designed to hold secrets, promises, regrets. What secret will your box hold? The lover's letter to the one who is like scar tissue over the wound of memory, or perhaps the spices of another time unearthed for separating holy from profane at the moment of soul crossing. The lamplights emerge with the coming of night and their glow reflects on the, on the rain-swept cobblestone path that weaves between visions and artists. In the gallery, cobalt blue with shades of azure, egg and bowl-shaped glistening and drawing the meditative gaze strewn with sand-hued speckle and draped with curtain-like layers of willemite crystalline glaze on porcelain. In this wilderness, beyond the well-worn pathways of trail, he knows the creatures, predator and prey, crouch in hiding and rush through the bear grass the mesquite and the hackberry, coyote, mule deer and javelina, ringtail cat, black-tailed jackrabbit, Arizona tarantula, and the rattlers, western diamondback, Mojave, black-tailed. In the trees and fields and streams of this pinion juniper woodland, the black-chinned hummingbird sings its song. The blue heron spreads its majestic wings and fishes for dinner. And the ladder-backed woodpecker cackles and chirps as it rises in the quiet 
daytime heat. Not far is the sweet flow of Oak Creek. And here in the Rimrock Verde Valley, surrounded by ancient red butte and the sea lines of primordial waters. All the rich varieties of life are reminded of their oneness. Where the hiker breathes in his exhilaration, leaning on his stick like a wandering monk from long ago smiling at the slow, sublime ascent of God's face in the golden rust of late afternoon. Wow. Wow. I feel like we can spend, we can spend the entire time just on this poem here. Literally, I mean, it's, we can spend hours. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And um, it, it's uh, it, I, I, as someone who doesn't spend a lot of time listening to the reading of poetry, or really any time um, in recent years, um, there were moments that that literally I felt you were jumping out of the text. And um, one of those moments is when you talk about God's face, because we know God's face, you know, in 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 our tradition is so is so hidden. And this notion of kind of the appearance of God's face is this moment of revelation, you know, uh, emerging. And then you ask this question. The question like pops out. It 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 uh, it pierces me. What secret will your box hold? I feel you jump out of the text at that moment. Now you're bringing me in. You're pulling me in at a new level. But the part that surprisingly startled me the most is when the solitary Kaddish emerges. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this particularity entering into this moment of universality? I, I wondered how, uh, how a Jew who's not engaged in their Judaism experiences when Judaism kind of touches them because I was so immersed in this universality that I couldn't believe when Kaddish came in. Where's where Kaddish? So, so, he, so I, I'm, I'm very moved. And here's, here's just two questions I have for you. One is, if you can share a little bit of a reflection on the context of what you're doing in Sedona. Um, where are you in Sedona? And the second is this particular phrase here on the first page, where it says, uh, currents of the universal being circulate through me. Now I know about the presence, I know about an encounter, I know about the energy. What is it about currents? What does it feel like to have currents, divine currents? And what does it mean for that to circulate? You know, enter, pierce, transcend, circulate. And then alongside that, um, in such a quiet, intimate moment, why is the being universal? Why, 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 why am I beyond here in such a quiet, intimate moment? So feel free to take any of that or none of that as you wish. Mm. Beautiful. Thank, thank, thank you so, thank you so much, um, Shmuley and. Um, and for and for taking taking it in so deeply, I I'll I'll, I'll start actually with the um, with your mention of the of the of the opening lines of the poem, um, and um, so this is actually and and 
and in in the in the in the book version um uh, this is this these are obviously um uh this is what the book looks like but but in the, in the in the book there are also end notes that explain um some of these illusions um because because there are there are a number of different things here that actually are semi-coded or symbolic illusions um uh some uh some some who um um some who are um who may be more or less familiar with different with different aspects um you know this 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 first this first piece is an allusion to emerson to ralph waldo emerson as the conquered as a conquered sage and the and actually the the um the uh italicized language there is actually a quote from his essay nature his famous essay nature um where he talks about um uh the experience of crossing um crossing a snowy snow puddled common in in massachusetts uh, in in october and it was gray and so forth but he but he experiences a perfect exhilaration i didn't include the line there which is which is this phenomenal line where he says i am a transparent eyeball i am nothing i see all right as and it's in this kind of sense of and then this is where he says this issue of the current universal being flow through me which which really became kind of like a call and a stimulus um into um into uh, my my own attempts to evoke the way in which being situated within the sublime right within the the nature that is mysterious that is powerful that is transcendent that is sacred can open up these kind of streams of universal connection that are the life flow life force of god of divinity um so there's this and and, and there's this and 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 that's that's also evoked actually in the in the opening lines of of section uh 2 which is which is a kind of somewhat coded allusion to Nachman of Bratslav actually this this section uh he, that's the rebbe I, of 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 which I of, of whom I speak there um in part because he right in terms of the black sea basin and so forth right in his going into the woods to have a kind of mystical experience uh, in uh, 19th century Ukraine, and his emphasis that the experience of what he called hit bodedut, or this solitary meditation, was an attempt to become absorbed into the ayin, into the nothingness, the nothing that is at the soul of everything, right? It's sort of the, the nothing that is the everything, a sort of the mystery the mystery of, of, of the mystical. Um, and so in this case, this kind of experience of something that is um, quintessentially American in landscape, or at least in, in the height of the beauties of, of, um, of, of, of the American geographical um, uh, identity, right? 
um, this kind of wonder of, of America. There also are encoded all of these layered elements of, of experience and history, right? All of those who came before this hike or came before us in this place, right? All of the indigenous people who, who, li who lived in, in, in this place and all of the wildlife that continues to live in this place, but also connecting it um, to, that, uh, to that universality of, um, uh, of feeling the divine presence coursing through right the, the, what 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 emerson meant by the universal being circulating through me was 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 very much his vision of nature as as a site of the of of the sacred in a powerful sublime uh way and so the poem as you as you really as you really very much um intuited and captured there Right, there's in, in your in your in your comments, right? Is that is that is that this is was this kind of mysterious intersection, or and the poem seeks to represent that mysterious intersection of our deeply individual, all too human, all too personal experiences with life and suffering and joy and mortality and memory and hope. Um, and part of that, right, as you mentioned, the solitary Kaddish, uh, without delving too far into that in this exact moment, but it's a big part of the book, is also the element of nostalgia, of remembering, of grief, of loss, of the experience of experience of death. Um, uh, as, as it happens when I when I wrote and then was thinking about a lot of this 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 poem it coincided actually with the yard site of my first wife Leah uh, uh, and mm -hmm. um, and so and so that was so that was specifically my kind of very individual experience which which also are there a number of poems in here that deal with that mainly under the not in the nostalgia section of the book uh, but but they're woven together it's kind of like this attempt to weave together the the um the mystical and the and the deeply um uh personal um and um and and a sense a sense you're also just just thinking about um and 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 and, and, and you 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 or or um or of Aubrey may have may have a, a follow up to, to this piece also I don't know depending on how on, on how we on how we want to structure the, the 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 flow based on what we were talking about uh, but this but this this image also of the in the day how the trees and fields are gathered up like kindling into his prayer um, uh, this is also this is also a, a um, indirect slash direct allusion to Nachman Bratslav and his belief actually that that often situated in nature and in the in the in the particularities and depths of the natural world that the song of God arises from the heart in a different kind of way in a different with a different kind of depth um, and that and that actually the very 
grasses and plantings and and wonders of nature of the fields and of the trees and of the and 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 of the meadows and so forth that and and all of and all of the particularities of predator and prey and plant life that i that i um that that i that i seek to evoke there are also about that kind of emerging spiritual song to god that the um the mystic spiritual seeker hiker wanderer pilgrim right in the sense of embers of pilgrimage because this was a kind of pilgrimage in some ways not just a pilgrimage to sedona but a pilgrimage within sedona right and a pilgrimage into the heart in some ways um um, I don't know. I, I think I think I think I, I think I, I, I some I some I somehow wove together some of your questions there. I, I, I don't know if we want to talk a little a little bit more about wonderful. that. Wonderful. In the interest of time, I, I would love to go to, to the second reading, if that's okay for great, you. Great, great, sure, absolutely, and and awesome. uh, that's 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 wonderful. Um, so um, right. So the second one was I think Gilgul, right? There you go. Wonderful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Pam. Um, okay, so so as I mentioned, um, uh, this um, uh, this uh, so this so this book really is a kind. It's it's a contemporary American mystical American um, American infused Americana infused and also. Jewish mysticism infused, right? Because that's my area of, of academic, academic scholarship, uh, Kabbalah and Hasidism. So it finds its way through in this more artistic attempt to, to represent some of these different features. This particular poem, which is called Gilgul, which is the Hebrew term for reincarnation, which was um, um, uh, uh, some, some may be very surprised to know, some for whom it's familiar, uh, was actually a major, major feature of Jewish thought, um, not just of other religious traditions of which we sometimes more um, typically associated with, but actually spanned a number, uh, various religious uh, traditions. Um, uh, there's there's actually a very interesting book uh, that I that, that I've used in some classes related to this by Gananath Obesekare uh, called Imagining Karma, which talks about issues of of reincarnation. Uh, I think it was published by Princeton or California um, on on different issues of rebirth and reincarnation. Okay, so this so this is my this was my kind of like twist on this on this theme. Here we go. Gilgul. I am suspended, weightless, in this amniotic fluid of mystery. Nourished, sheltered, gestating in the eternity before this birth, quarry of souls through dimensions of becoming. To be thrown, tumbling into the fierce light of day, 
like that recurring dream terror of falling into an abyss of darkness below, where what is before and what is after is revealed in a whisper to the one who already knows without knowing, mevin midato. Intuition of wonder, attuned to music of the sublime, how she just understands of something from nothing, creations making in the grand workshop of heaven's artist, wood chip, oil on canvas, marble and clay, apprentice angels bent over their work, dreamy afternoon light of that divine city, of fire-ringed chariots and dark breath floating over the deep waters of no time. Eternal opening in the barely visible horizon cloaked in vanishing light. Divine rhythms pulsing like an unconscious remembering of Sinai. Heartbeat in the inner ear, knocking voice of an ancient beloved stirred again to the waking mind. I am asleep, but my heart is awake. And flame surrounds the ones absorbed in secrets, mysteries of the book that vanishes in a flare of light, disappeared by the approaching brush of this all too human mind. Love lavished pages and binding, musty smell of long lost library halls, the towers and hidden entrances, stairways and rooms within rooms, remnant of the ancient breath of a time cradled softly in the dark womb of history and eternity the same, folded naturally and supernaturally onto itself. It's a little shorter than Sedona, but. So once again, it's hard to know where to begin. Uh, just one short question, which is really a meta question about intellectual and spiritual creativity, picking up on one line you use, which emerges from our, our Jewish theology, which is yesh me'ayin, yesh me'ayin, something from nothing. How do you understand the human capacity for yesh me'ayin? I think that um, re really at the so 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 so, fir so first right this right as you as you allude to this 
the, this, this classic idea of, of older Judaism and philosophy and mysticism, the idea that meaning some, right, something from nothing, that somehow this somethingness of, of reality was created uh, by God from the nothingness um, that preceded it, right? That it had to, had to, had to have become, um, had to have emerged in that particular way. Um, and, um, and Yeshmi Ayin, maybe even before I get back to, the, to, to, to a couple of thoughts on the lines right around that piece in the poem that you pointed to, uh, this also has a powerful Hasidic mystical resonance, right? This is uh, 18th, 19th Eastern Europe, European mysticism, Jewish mysticism of the sense that yesh, which means essentially this or physicality or embodiedness, right? That, it, that, that's our, that that's our incarnated experience. That's our physical experience of sensation. And that almost deep within that is this spiritual nothing, this spiritual thing called the ayin, the nothingness, right? It's, it becomes psychologized. It's not just that God creates something from nothing, but that we ourselves have elements of something and nothing within ourselves, that yesh becomes the outer layer, or let's say the garment, the shell, and, and I, nothing or nothingness becomes the inner spiritual dimension that's almost like a kind of direct channel, direct corridor to the eternity, the eternality, the infinity of divinity that is found actually deep within ourselves, like the Sfas Emes, like the right, right like uh, the Gera Rebbe the, the, of, um, of uh, late 19th century Warsaw says in, says in, says in his work, the, the Sfat Emes, the language of truth, that we each contain a inner hidden holy mysterious point within our hearts and that that inner holy point that hidden point is this dimension of of divinity that dwells as immanence within ourselves and that takes us back to god but here also um and looking looking at how at how i juxtapose this also with um, the line that uh, the on the on the bottom third of of page fifty six, which you're looking at there, right of of what is before and what is after, revealed in a whisper to the one who already knows without knowing, mevin midato, how she just understands, right? So this so so this is kind of and if we correlate this to the issue of ayin or nothingness, and that there's a dimension. Let's say yesh represents this dimension of what we can know and we can feel and we can experience in an outward uh, directional way. And the ayin represents that ethereal, uh, mysterious dimension that almost eludes ordinary mind, right? If we can say that one of the characteristics of mysticism more broadly is the very idea that there is a kind of mystery at the soul of existence and at the heart of my humanity and so forth that is essentially divine unknowing, right? It is essentially this kind of beyond ordinary knowing. 
So both what is before and what is after is revealing whispers and allusion to the idea that, well, you, sh you should keep secret that which is before and, what it, and that which is after, right? That's an allusion to a mystical idea of, of, uh, of, of and, and, and that when you reveal such things about Ma'aseb Reshit, about the creation of the world, um, that you should do it in a whisper, revealed in a whisper. The Zohar says this also, as does as do some of the ancient sages, that you kind of say it almost in a in a whisper represents that mystery, and you do it. Who and, and who do you communicate that mystery of Ayin to? That mystery of nothing, nothingness to? It is to the one who already knows without knowing. The one who already knows without knowing. Mevin mi daato. So what is that? That's a that's a reference to uh, Mishnah Chagiga 2. Um, so it's, a, it's an early, an early um, uh, reflection on the nature of uh, the categories of mysticism from early rabbinic literature. The idea of mevin midato means one who understands from their own mind. Um, and, and the question that always is raised is, well, well, why do we say that you can that you can only you can only teach and transmit this aspect of this most secret aspect of mysticism, which is called Masse Merkava, the work of the chariot, to one who is already Mevin Midato, who somehow understands. And 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 the way I like to understand understand that is that it represents a kind of sense of well, like how how do I am I to one who is spiritually attuned to it, right? Or one who spiritually gets it in some particular way, in the same sense that, that some are more tuned in to music or to mathematics or to poetry or to painting or to what or or to whatnot, right? Or philosophy and so forth. Right. In other words, that that to some extent our minds, our souls, our hearts. Uh, understand certain things almost in an instinctual way, right? Or that we kind of that we kind of intuit it, right? So I can only teach this particular kind of spiritual nothingness, so to speak, to someone who already kind of gets a glimmer of it. Maybe they don't get all the details, they don't know all the details of it, but they kind of are spiritually um, in tune. Uh, with it. Wow. Well, do we have time for a third? How are we doing with time? I feel glance at the. Uh, um, I. Uh, well, what, or, what, or do you maybe, want to pause here? What, maybe we should pause what, here. Maybe it's a good. Maybe maybe given the time, it's a good. It, it is a good place to 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 stop and and okay. discuss and and and. and Amazing. And so. Amazing. So let's let's um, let's welcome Rabbi Glazer's voice into the room, and then we'll open it up to everyone else, if that's okay. Thank Beautiful. You so much. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi Thank you. Uh, Aubrey, you're on mute. There we go. So I was in the Atar de Lojave. That's the um, the place without sound that happens sometimes on Zoom. But a, a major yesher koch to Reb Shmuley and to Pam, and of course, the eloquent and supple reading of of Eitan. Reb Shmuley, as you as you noticed and and shared with us, it's so important to have forums where we can actually hear 
uh, living poets speak their poetry. It really is a Torah Shabal Peh. It really is a, an oral tradition, and it really jumps off the page. I'm reading this again and hearing it for like the 16th time, but it feels like it's the first time because every time Eitan reads it, there's something new that that emerges. It's Bechoyom Tamid Maaseh Bereshit, as we say in the literature. You know, it's part of this creative process, and and you you asked about it earlier. I think it's really important to to dwell on it for a moment, just to appreciate the genius of of what Eitan is doing here. And um, I want to I want to suggest that what to me was so unique and and really struck me. Uh, about these embers of pilgrimage is is Eitan's uncanny ability to be able to bring the the depth and the breadth of not only all of Jewish literature, including as you just heard, um, rabbinic literature as well as uh, the the whole spectrum of mystic, mystical literature, but he has a really remarkable um, ability and gift at being able to translate these incredibly arcane and obscure and difficult terms. Uh, especially within mysticism, into its poetic landscape. And the fact that he started with Sedona and ended with Gilgul kind of shows you the depth and the breadth of what it is that he's doing. And I really, I feel, and the reason why Panui as a, as a think tank that now is publishing primary and secondary texts in modern and contemporary Jewish mysticism, we felt that this work was emblematic of, of the mission of what we're trying to achieve, which is to expose people to this mystical landscape. And I love the way that, Reb Shmuley, that you reacted to this. Like you're reading Emerson, you're in Sedona, and all of a sudden this talus jumps in out of nowhere in this little black box. Like where is this entire crazy mashup coming from? It could only come from the ingenious uh, pen and the kulmus of, uh, of an American Jewish mystic like Eitan. So I wanna just really emphasize how unique what it is that uh, Eitan's poetic voice is bringing to bear here and um, for us to appreciate that these are the kinds of things that um, that I would say can only happen in America on the one hand and on the other hand they could only happen in uh, in Eretz HaKodesh. The other side of my interest in the work that we do at Panui and my own journey through poetry is working with contemporary Hebrew poets writing mysticism uh, in Hebrew and Israel but I really think it's important that we also highlight the amazing uh, ingenious talents that we have right here in America. And um, in terms of the poetic landscape, writing deeply American and deeply Jewish poetry in a way that allows the two of them to kind of kiss, if you will, as the as scripture says, that um, those two worlds need to, to be more in conversation with each other. So my, um, my passion for this project is really the, the, the ingenuity of what Eitan has, has brought to bear. And I hope that people will take advantage not only of listening to the poet speaking these words and making them come alive so that Torah Sheb Alpeh um, emerges from Torah Sheb Ichtab, that the, the oral experience of hearing this, it's so important, Shmuley, that you're supporting this kind of activity through the Beit Midrash, because the Beit Midrash and the amazing work you do is all about making these words come alive um, in Chavruta, in that dyadic kind of uh, a poetic landscape. But as well, one of the things that we did that Eitan um, acknowledged and that you'll see in the actual uh, format of the book is that, that part of Panui's mission is, is that we insisted in this case that there are end notes. So it basically it follows the prescription that you have in your base midrash and that you teach all the time, Reb Shmuley, Zilu Gmar. So you've heard this amazing poetry and Eitan alluded to it ineminably and in his own humble way, there's so much depth and breadth in terms of every single line and word. 
and we went to great efforts at the end of this edition to invite people into a further path of learning. We hope that they'll join in at Valley Base Midrash and in other places where you can go into some of these texts in much greater depth. Maybe you'll study with Eitan when he does things online, whatever the case may be. But there is a whole journey of discovering the treasure trove of Jewish literature that comes from even just a single word. And you were pointing out certain phrases that caught you as a, an erudite learner and teacher of Shmuley. And I'm sure that other words and other um, turns of phrase will catch other people. So the invitation is Zulugmar. If you've found something in this poetry that excites you, go deeper into the world of poetry and also go deeper into the world of learning just to appreciate the palette from which uh, Eitan is, uh, is ingeniously crafting this, this remarkable work. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Okay, um, Eddie, I saw you come on video. Did you want to jump in here? Uh, yes, Yasher uh, Koach, Rabbi Eitan. Um, I, I could visualize what you were saying in, in the Sedona um, poem. I, I, I could see what you were seeing. Um, my question is, how do you, after you have experienced everything, how do you come in and then put it into words? Um, how do you contextualize everything so beautifully? Um, after finding inspiration in Sedona, uh, what is the process to then put it on paper? Well, first, well, for, well, first, I think, thank, thanks, right, right, so, 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 first, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that Eddie has given me smicha. Right, right, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I actually, actually, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I, I, uh, I, 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 I stuck, I stuck with the, I stuck with the, with the Ph, with, with the PhD, but I, but I'm, but I, but I deeply, um, I'm de deeply, um, and, and not, and I'm not a rabbi, but, but, but I'm deeply connected to 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 spiritual to um to spiritual life and the training of rabbis and so forth but but thank you eddie i i i i feel like um i feel like you know sedona and that was and that was actually the last time that i that i that i saw i think that i saw i saw your face at least not on facebook um right in, in person when when i uh, several years ago when i was out in in Arizona, and that, and that was and 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 the allusion to the Valley of the Sun, right? I'm sure that that was not lost on you, right? That 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 also that was that was my um, gateway into the magic of Sedona, um, right? Which which I which I had heard heard about from 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 a number a number of people. Um, and it was, and it was a very powerful um, spiritual breakthrough experience for me, right? And and not not just the kind of the the symbolism of let's say um, my climb up Cathedral Rock, which has a kind of religious dimension to it, um, but 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 also the the kind of the the broader way in which. Um, like like Emerson Lahabdil and like uh, like other um, essayists and poets, uh, John, John Muir among them, and 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 Whitman, Walt Whitman, and um, and uh, and Annie Dillard, and Kathleen Norris, and a, a, a variety of other important um, um, American and non-American thinkers open up the idea that um, that nature itself 
is a kind of and and, and Nachman of Bratslav too in his way is very much right um uh, see the kind of the the, the naturalistic the, the experience of the sublime in nature as a kind of opening of heaven's gates right there right a kind of opening of the doorway into divine presence into the numinous right the this which means right this the sacred or the holy or and how it reverberates as as so many as so many have said that that how how they've felt in Sedona and, and others have written about Sedona as a spiritual place. So I was I was primed for that, but it but it actually was that experience for me. I, I hope that addresses um, some some of some of what you what you were saying, Eddie. But uh... great. So we have a, a a hand up here from Dr. Mona Fishman. Oh, that name sounds familiar. Wait a minute. I just want to say I'm totally objective. Okay, let's start there. <laughs> Secondly, um, beautiful reading, Eitan. Secondly, um, the the um, poster behind me is Sedona. FYI. I found my vortex in Sedona. I think, Eitan, what you're doing is addressing the universal desire for wisdom, for spirituality, whether it's finding your vortex in Sedona or Emerson's poetry or Nachman, right? That there's, or, you know, or Emerson. I, I think that there is a, for many of us, not everyone, obviously, there is a universal desire to, uh, for transcendence and for uh, connecting with the divine. And we all struggle with it in our own way. And I think in your poetry, you combine the universal with a specific in very powerful ways um, and bringing together so many different strands of seekers which I think is really wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Mona Fishbane, uh, otherwise otherwise known as Mom. And I'm not a rabbi either. Um, but, um, but but beautiful. So so wonderful to have wonderful to have you here. And thank you for that. Let so me just say, say, let me let me just say one thing. Oh, sorry, Pam. I apologize. Oh no, go ahead. No, I just I just wanted to note that part of what Mona was referring to that Eitan is doing again just to take notice of it is like for Emerson to have a conversation with Reb Nachman Abreslov seems like totally absurd right to all of us like they can't talk to each other different time space continuums etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, but, the 19th century, right? but still they would probably weren't talking to each other right or the Svatamed and Emerson whatever okay. we'll, we'll, we'll change the time frame but if you if you're back in the Beit Midrash Right, the idea is there's no chronology in the world of Torah, and if Torah is an infinite poem, then we get to this place that Eitan is tapping into. Sorry, sorry, Pam, I just wanted to say that. Oh no, definitely worth noting. Um, my question was, how long did this take for you to put together and write and think over and publish? And what do you do in the moments where the words don't come? Hmm. It's it's interesting. There there are there are some poems in here, including a kind of um, including one that is an ode to the revered Jerusalem Cafe Tmol Shilshom that many may, may be familiar with. That uh, called in this in in this volume is called Scenes from a Cafe at Twilight, which I dedicated to the memory of of David Ehrlich Zal, who is the founder of Tmol Shilshom. Um, and 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 actually was which was which was a place back um, when I was probably about uh, twenty years old 
um, I would I would uh, sit for sit for for many many hours as 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 he as as actually as David talks about fiction fictionally in his in his um, forthcoming English translation of his, of a Hebrew novel called Cafe Shira. Um, which I have a blurb on the back of, so so, so I've, so I've been, it's kind of been coming out, uh, and 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 I, I was delving in into that um, about the way in which all of these characters sit in this cafe, this literary cafe, right? This cafe where Yehuda Amichai would sit for hours and hours, and he, there was a chair called Yehuda's chair, and there was a and. The not the not story the story short story writer and novelist Nathan Englander before he was well known was sitting there writing at the table across from me, and a few others right David Grossman and, others. and it's, so it's an amazing amazing place and everybody kind of has their own story about Tamil Shilshom. I'm sure Aubrey has his stories and 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 others. So there are some poems that go back a long way, a few a few poems, but uh, but there are but there are a lot that were written much more recently, um, and um, um, so, some through some through uh, a series of experiences over the past number of years, but then also uh, in the past in the past couple of years even more intensively, some of that erupted in certain ways. But I, but I do find just to, just to your last point, I, I do find that the kind of and, and this is this is true of also with my other writing, my my more academic writing. I, I but it's but it's especially true of poetry that there kind of are these moments where you feel in the in the that the universal current is streaming through you, right? And and it's kind of like the insp inspiration for for. Um, for for writing right which um which I, which I'm, I'm sure Rav Shmuley and Rav Abri are, are familiar with and 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 um right so th so there's so there's a sense in which like like how the words come and where they come forth from the heart from the spirit from the mind and this and for me as as was just as was we were, uh, we were just talking about there's this there's this kind of convergence of a number of different features right early on in my formation um which was in which was when i was in college at brandeis and i was and and one of my mentors there um before i before i went down the kabbalah path more more directly was professor john burt who wrote the in, in english and american poetry and he's and he's written about uh robert penn warren and and, and uh lincoln and 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 he's he's an, he's an original poet himself he, he's a professor at brandeis he was, he was an important teacher of mine early on. Um, he was actually, I think, the, one of the first people I really studied Emerson deeply with. Um, there's a lot more to say about that, but there's, but there's kind of, and, and, and with him, I also studied mystical themes in American and British poetry. So it's kind of like this, this kind of interesting um, confluence of different influences, right? I then, I then went more professionally, as, as it were, down the get a PhD in Kabbalah path and 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 that's another great love of mine as you can see in the book but it but also the literary and poetic dimensions are very much still alive and well amazing thank you so much for this gift you've given us with this today and the gift you've given us with this publication 
we hope everyone on the Zoom and the, those on Facebook Live and those on the recording end of this while you're cooking and jogging and doing everything you're doing, uh, that you will appreciate what has happened here. The depth of learning combined with the depth of, exp of the experiential realm, combined with the sophistication of being able to share and present that realm of the inner life, the inner life of the past and the inner life of the current um, in a way that intertwines such a scholarship and a depth of soul. And so uh, this is not only great for us to buy and read and learn and share and have a chavruta around these texts, which I encourage us all to do. It is also an invitation for us to emulate this path, for us to go deeper in our own um, ability to um, learn Jewish mysticism and to um, engage in the spiritual endeavor and to try to combine those journeys in our own attempt to be creative, um, creative and authentic. So thank you for both what you've offered us and for the inspiration that you're inviting us into. And we hope this is the first of many times we'll learn with you virtually and, um, and in person. So thank you, uh, Professor Fishbein. Thank you, um, Rabbi Glazer. And thank you all of us who are here with us. Yes, thank, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much, of Shmuley. Thank you, thank you, Pam. I, and, and I really appreciate both, 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 both of you in in making this happen. And and uh, and, and uh, Ravabri, your your deep insights as well. So wonderful to wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me as your guest. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Thank you so much.